Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, host of the Love You Even More podcast. I'm an author, performer, producer, and Emmy Award winner. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and experts in their field to have powerful, motivational, and enlightened conversations about relationships, self-development, and how you can love yourself even more. Follow us for daily updates at Love You Even More podcast and at Jackie Brubaker on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. For more on myself and the podcast, including ways that you can love yourself even more, go to loveyouevenmore.com. Hey guys, it's Jackie, and I'm going to do a solo episode today. This is very spur of the moment for me. I just had a guest, um, not canceled, but uh, just Mercury's in retrograde, and there is a mix-up of you know, dates and all of it, it happens. But whenever it does happen, which isn't very often, but when it does, it gives me a chance to just go off the cuff and do a solo episode. And I thought it might be a good time to just see what comes out and not have a real game plan of what I'm going to talk about. So we'll see what comes out. But um, in the last month or so, I've had a very, very big shift in my world and my life. Um, a lot of stuff that seemed like it would never change just changed. Um, I had a death in my immediate family. My stepfather passed away suddenly. We weren't expecting this. Um, you know, I was there when he passed. It was very, very difficult. Um, but I think what's most shocking is when someone dies that's not supposed to, who is supposed to go in for surgery, and he made it through surgery perfectly, went great, and then about an hour later, it did not um, go well. And he passed away that day. Um, But I think, you know, I actually do want to do an episode on grief. So this isn't going to be about grief. But um, I think, you know, even just a couple of days before that, um, some major shifting had happened in my personal life and um, with relationship and I was already going through like a major shift and a major transition um, and figuring out what the future was going to look like. And, you know, maybe that's what this episode's going to be about, which is when we really think we see the future, when we have a plan, when we see it and we're actively going towards it and then life happens and how do we respond? And some of the good ways that I'll just speak personally. And if you relate, fantastic. And if not, you can just be like, ha ha, she has work to do. Um, But, you know, some of the ways that I'm good with um, change is that I'm really used to it. So I like to kind of lead into it. I like to head into it because a lot of people who have been through some pretty hard stuff in their world and their life um, have been, you know, survived a lot of trauma. We are really good at shit hitting the fan. And so, you know, we've created coping mechanisms and ways to push through and ways to heal and ways to be stronger. I mean, uh, it was interesting because for months I kept um, having to do physical medical things for my body that, you know, I've normally never had to do and go through kind of quite a bit of pain for me, not for most people, but for me. Um, that was scary. And the more that I did this to actually help my health, (laughs) the more I was like, I'm going to lean into it because I'm so brave. I'm so brave. I can do anything like physically, emotionally, like I'm so brave. 
And that's really good. It's really good to feel that kind of strength. But I think that the other side of that too is where that strength came from, which is pain, whether it's emotional or physical. And it's how we get through the pain. And with getting through the pain of losing my stepfather, who was in my life for 20 years. And what was interesting too about our relationship was that I didn't know him as a kid. (laughs) I knew him as a young adult into adulthood. I met him when I was like, mm, I don't know, 21, and which I just gave my age away. So (laughs) there you go. If anyone was wondering, um, yeah, I met him when I was like 20 or 21. And so I got to spend an adult, like, like father-daughter relationship with him, which is very different than a younger father-daughter relationship, even as a step-parent. You know, it's even even more different when they're younger. And I did have a step-parent as a child as well, um, too, in fact. <laughs> so it was really kind of different, a different kind of relationship because we were adults, but he was still like a father figure to me all the time. And it was wonderful. But going back into that pain is that um, when I lost him, and again, that's very much a grief episode and we will do that one day. But, um, you know, when I lost him, it was like, I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated and crying and just very, very upset. Um, if you've lost anyone, you know what it's like, it's awful. And, but then I, I quickly had to kind of go into fixer mode. I had to go into healer mode. I had to take care of my mom. I had to take care of a lot of stuff around the house and legal and all kinds of stuff that nobody wants to think about right after someone passes. And I'm using this as an example. You can use another example of a divorce, a breakup, um, any of the five major things that happen to people, which is moving, divorce or breakup, loss of a job, start of a job, and death. The end. That's uh, Those are the big things that really shake our world. And I had um, been through a couple of those at the same time. <laughs> And, um, it was just, I saw how fast I went into compartmentalizing so that I could just get through the pain so that I could keep moving forward with my life, but also to really like get a hold of myself so that I could be there for, for others. Um, and what was interesting was that you know, the crying eventually stopped after a few days and I started getting a little bit more of my bearings and I was like, I'm okay. Like, I'm not okay, but I'm like, okay for right now. And, um, you know, for those of you who listen, I'm, I'm an actress and I was in acting class. Um, gosh, was it only, it was two weeks later and I was supposed to get emotional. And you would think with all of this stuff happening that I would be like the easiest, it would be the easiest thing for me to do is just, just to cry on cue, just like cry right now. They're like, and I couldn't, I just couldn't feel anything. And when we are so used to going through trauma and going through pain, it is so easy to push it either down or compartmentalize it. Or this is something I'm really working on. Raise your hand if you are too. Intellectualizing it. I intellectualize my emotions all day long. 
all day long. I'm in grad school to be a therapist right now. My whole world is about intellectualizing feelings. <laughs> it's like, not only was I just coping that way my whole life anyway, but now it's like what I do in school. So I'm I'm on stage. I can't feel a damn thing. I literally feel like I'm pretending to act. And that's a whole other episode. I'm going to bring my acting teacher on because she's so brilliant and you guys will love her. But acting is not supposed to be pretending to act. You're supposed to be coming from a place. You know, you're supposed to come with intentions and motivation and all the things you hear about on like HBO's Barry or something. But honestly, you are. You're supposed to come with the emotion there ready to like hit. And I couldn't do anything. I had taken those last two weeks to compartmentalize my feelings so well that I could just function through life. And now my body's like, I'm sorry, excuse me, you want us to do what? I thought we just worked really hard to put this all away so we could just function. And I was like, no, could you cry like in front of everyone? And it was like, uh. And then I did start to get emotional when I started to talk about it, right? Which is why talk therapy is so important, guys. Go get a therapist, all right? I I will treat you one day when I am licensed. But it's so important to talk about it because I was talking about it, but again, I was intellectualizing everything. And so if you don't know what that means, intellectualizing just really means that you're like, I intellectually understand these emotions. I understand that I am grieving and I understand that I am coping and I am compartmentalizing right? That sounds so good. Like, yeah, I know what's going on with me, but emotionally you're not feeling much of it. You're just putting it in a nice little box and putting it up on a shelf and moving on with your life. This is how so many of us just don't work on crap. We just don't. And I know with me, my biggest thing that I've needed to work on is being extremely vulnerable. And oddly enough, being an actress, you really have to be vulnerable. Even if you're playing another character, again, you have to like really go from a place in your world to try to get there into theirs and make it yours. And, you know, this also goes with like my closest relationships of, of only being able to go so far in my vulnerability and being really good at telling stories of my vulnerability. But then when it comes to being actually vulnerable, which is being messy and being honest in the moment of your vulnerability. It's different for me to go and tell you my me too story, which I've completely worked out and intellectualized and felt through and healed from, but it's a totally different thing for me to sit there with someone I love in the middle of you know grief or whatever it is and be really honest about what's going on emotionally for me or (laughs) raise your hand to this or tell someone you are in a romantic relationship with or a close relationship with how you actually feel about them, good or bad. (laughs) Not just, oh, I love you so much, but you know what? I'm really worried about us and I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you what I'm feeling in this moment, right? Like that's real vulnerability. So Again, I'm doing this off the cuff, so just just go on the journey with me. So I've been really thinking about 
actually vulnerability, what that really, really looks like and how messy it is and how scary it is to be freaking vulnerable um, versus intellectualizing it and how we go ahead and compartmentalize and cope through really hard stuff in our worlds so that we can just keep moving forward. And like, what's interesting too, is that, you know, again, raise your hand if you're the type of person, because I certainly am, when I am just tired or overwhelmed, or I just actually don't have anything on my list to do, which happens, (laughs) um, I feel super guilty. And like, what is that, right? What is that guilt coming from? Where is it coming from? It's not as if I don't do enough. I do plenty. I am busy. I am accomplishing. I am getting my shit done. But then why would I feel so guilty to sit and binge succession, which I did yesterday. And I did feel guilty. But whatever, I did. And my girlfriend, Stephanie, who's on the show all the time, Stephanie Hamato, She said to me, she was like, you know, I think you just need some rest. You've been through a lot in the last month. Like your body's just tired and it's okay for you to just recoup. You know, it's not like you didn't have like 4 million things you did in the last few weeks, especially last week was an incredibly busy week for me where there was no chance of of grieving because I was so busy with auditions and oh my God, everything. Um, And she's like, yeah, it's okay. So when we're using coping mechanisms to like not really look at our feelings, to not really look at what we want in our lives or what we're trying to actually create, we can use it as procrastination as well. But when you're really using this coping mechanism, whatever it looks like for you, you know, whether it's the opposite, right? Like you're like, my coping mechanism is to just scroll on TikTok forever. Um, or it is to like binge succession and never get anything done or you're the opposite and you just keep doing and doing and doing. So you don't have to really feel the feelings or feel the, the real messy vulnerability. You know, I think just taking that moment to even acknowledge if you catch yourself in that and just being like, Hey, what is most important right now? Like, what do I really, really need to be doing right now for me? Is it binging succession? Maybe. Is it not? Maybe. But like really stepping back, looking at like what you're handling, what you're not handling maybe too, and just getting really honest with yourself of how are you feeling and what do you need? So that's kind of where I've been at recently. And I will tell you, actually with the vulnerability thing, it's been a huge step for me because I always thought I was vulnerable. Man, I always thought I was. I was like, no, I'm so open with my stories and I can talk about relationship. And I can talk about my relation. I can talk about anything, but freaking A, get me into a corner of my vulnerability that never gets talked about. Like, so how do you feel about that? If it's not something that's like already been intellectualized, you know, maybe it's happening right in this moment and I have to actually feel what I feel about it in this moment. It's scary as fuck to say anything, right? You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You don't want to like create conflict. There's so many reasons why we don't say what we need to say 
or take care of ourselves and use coping mechanisms. So this feels a little round and round. So I think I'm going to wrap this up. I hope that you actually did get something out of this. I'm sharing my story because I think it's important to hear someone else's story and not feel so alone, you know, especially with grief. in in this case, like it really brings up a lot of different things for people and people are so different the way they grieve. Um, you know, like right now I'm okay, but like, I don't know, in an hour I might not be. And it's just interesting how it works. Again, I'm really going to do an actual proper episode on grief, um, because it's a really important one to talk about, but I hope that if anyone finds themselves using a lot of coping mechanisms to avoid their actual feelings or their vulnerability with themselves or their partners or the people that they're close to, um, I hope that, you know, take a page out of Brene Brown's book, which, you know, she's the queen of vulnerability, is that it actually is so brave to be vulnerable, to to really speak your mind and to speak your truth and to say like, this is how I actually feel. And then no, it might turn out poorly, you know, maybe something ends or maybe something begins. That's the other wonderful half about vulnerability <laughs> is that actually it can be so healing. Um, you know, there's a relationship that I don't have in my life anymore and it's a familial relationship and you know it's especially with losing my stepdad it's made me think a lot about that person and I'm like should I reach out no that's another that's another story for another day and that's another episode but you know just so maybe this is just a check-in for yourself too. check in to see like how you're coping with your feelings um because this is how I'm coping with mine and I'm really, really glad that I have been vulnerable with people closest to me and um, I'm not embarrassed to cry in front of people, um, even audiences. <laughs> uh, it's really, really fascinating. It's an interesting journey. So that is my story with Morning Glory. Um, I hope that resonated for some of you and if it didn't, that's okay too. Um, hope that everybody is doing well. And that's it for today. So have a wonderful day. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. There's so much going on in the world these days. Just be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. 